My name is David Jens, and I'm CEO and founder of both Merchant Growth and Tabit. We're starting this podcast called Fintrepreneur to talk about all things fintech and entrepreneurship. This is my co-host, Eli. Hey, everyone. I'm Eli Biano. I'm uh, the founder of Bolster Growth Capital and the current EVP for Tabit, which means that I'm taking care of all things Tabit for Merchant Growth, which is a buy now, pay later solution for the business to business space. So why even listen to us? Why are we doing this? Well, maybe we'll start with a quick introduction, Dave, so that everyone knows who we are and then we'll kind of get rolling from there. Yeah, look, I think we're doing some interesting things over here and we feel compelled to share what we're working on. You know, a bit about my own story is, you know, wanted to be an entrepreneur from a young age. I guess my first entrepreneurial venture was my punk rock band in high school. I was organizing the shows and tours and printing shirts and stuff. And, you know, it was like running a little bit of a business, not particularly profitable, but a lot of fun. And (laughs) I learned a lot about running something, doing that. And then, uh, you know, studied finance at UBC and coming from a family of entrepreneurs, always wanted to do that and came across this growing non-bank small business credit space that was growing a lot in the US, was still really early days in Canada. And uh, that's, this was right around 08, 09, you know, around the time of the financial crisis, which was very dynamic time for financial services and banking. And I saw some trends that I felt would put the wind at our backs if we you know, started to provide credit to small businesses and put a fund together, started making loans and over time used more and more technology. And you know, now we're really a fintech company driving a lot of automation and creating a ton of convenience and digital experiences for businesses seeking credit. It started out a little more clunky and manual, but it's been a journey. And uh, now it's time to take that further with Tabit and making credit available at point of sale for B2B transactions. So Eli, maybe tell us about your career track. And because you really kind of came to me with this idea, it was in the back of my mind a little bit when you came to me with it, but you gave it a whole new energy and level of thought process and research around what was going on globally and stuff like that. So maybe just tell people about, a bit about you and, and how you came across this BNPL B2B solution. Yeah, sounds good. So kind of let's back up a little bit. Uh, same kind of thing for me. You know, I got a bachelor's degree in university, focus on international business, spent a little bit of time in Hong Kong during university. So I was really, really into the, the trade side of, of things, right? So business to business sales. And so when I finished university, I had been working in insurance throughout my university days. And I thought, well, hey, why don't, is there something that sort of meshes the two? And that's what led me to work for the company I was working before, which is a crown corporation here in Canada that is focused on offering credit insurance. So it was international trade and it was insurance at the same time. And so it was a perfect fit. So I started there, was super excited about it and spent about eight years there. So throughout my time there, I always was also very interested in entrepreneurship and seeing young people that are kind of doing things on the side and building businesses. So I've tried everything under the sun, you know, uh, real estate, online companies, insurance advising, basically everything. And so, but I was always sort of working with the large corporation as sort of my main thing. Eventually, right in the middle of the pandemic, which is obviously when someone would want to leave their job and start something from scratch. That's when I decided to take the leap because I felt there was a need for more small business financing, really specific to purchase order financing, meaning companies that land these big contracts and just need some short-term financing to be able to actually complete on those. And hopefully that propels them to be able to get 
traditional bank financing and so on. So as we were doing that, that's when you and I met Dave and, uh, you know, I was telling you about what I was doing and we kind of had a couple of things going together. And then eventually I was saying, we're still doing things a little bit old school, right? In that I'm requesting a bunch of documents and the whole point is I'm just trying to facilitate buyer and seller right at the point of sale so that we can kind of make sure that that transaction happens. And that's what I started looking into what was going on in the consumer space, the buy now, pay later there. And now was absolutely blowing up and did a bit of research to see, is this available in the B2B space? Because essentially companies are already offering this, just not digitized. So what, you know, where's that industry at? And, you know, that's when you and I chatted, I had done a bunch of research about companies that are popping up internationally and some of the money they've raised and so on. And then when you and I connected, we decided, Hey, let's do it. So uh, I'm, I'm excited that we did. Yeah, totally. And we've, uh, We've come a long way since then, uh, and the rubber's really starting to hit the road now with uh, with Tabit. So it's super exciting. So with all that said, our podcast, Venturepreneur, is going to be a twice a month podcast. We're going to be sharing tips and tricks of the trade of being in fintech and about entrepreneurship, current news and industry trends. And most importantly, I really look forward to interviewing people in the space, folks I've known for a long time in fintech. But lastly, people who use fintech that are not necessarily in fintech businesses, but in traditional industry, but are starting to use fintech, you know, really technology is in all spaces now. And, uh, you know, transactions are at the heart of commerce, you know, all over the place. So it's going to be very exciting. And, and Eli, who do you think this is going to be most relevant for? Yeah. So I think there's a few people that would be interested in listening to our podcast, hopefully. One would be anyone that's in the finance industry or that's really trying to keep up with what's happening in the fintech space because that's evolving so fast. And we've got a lot of exciting people, as you mentioned, that are going to be joining us to talk about this. But secondly, will be the e-commerce sellers and other sellers in the B2B space who are looking to find ways to really grow their companies. You know, I've talked to a ton of companies recently that are saying, hey, if I was able to offer financing to my businesses and not uh, to my buyers and not have to worry about payment, that would make such a difference for us, just like it's happening in, in the consumer space. So I think tips and tricks on that, obviously we're not gonna be talking just about the payment side, but all things e-commerce, all things conversion, growth of your company. And lastly, obviously the companies themselves telling us about their experiences. So you know, if you're a company that is selling online, you can always learn from our guests that are coming on that'll really be talking about how they grew their own companies. So Dave, I know you mentioned earlier in, in our conversation a little bit about how you got started an 08 space. I really find it interesting, your actual story and how you started as a one-person shop, as a finance company. And so tell us a bit more about how that came about and kind of, you know, a little bit more detail how you guys kind of grew it over the years. Yeah, sure. I was working a day job at a private equity firm in Vancouver, and I was really working on this business idea on weekends and evenings. And I, uh, it was really just me for the first better part of two years, really. And I was, uh, finding businesses that might want to borrow. I was building some really simple systems around how to facilitate these financings and collect the money. And, um, you know, it was really kind of slow beginnings. We only funded five loans in our first year. We do like 20 in a day now. Right. So it was, uh, you know, kind of a slow bootstrap story and, uh, hired, uh, only as we could afford it, you know, raised money for the loan portfolio, but not to fund the operation. So, you know, really a bootstrap business and, you know, more recently raising money and investing in technology to build products. And, uh, I think that's a key point, Dave, that you mentioned that you raised money for the fund. You know, I, when I was leaving it, it was 
something that was very interesting to me in looking into how do you raise a fund? What does that consist of? And how do you make it work in financing, you know, loans that you've originated and so on? So before we kind of move on from that point, I think that's a really valuable point to talk about. Like, how did you put that together? Yeah, my experience in private equity definitely helped because I became familiar with some of these structures and how you report to investors and certain things from that job. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I applied that. But yeah, you know, just did it on the cheap and used sort of a boilerplate limited partnership agreement, tweaked it with a few terms that made sense for this type of asset class. And, uh, you know, really went around begging for money, to be honest. You know, it was early days, no track record. I was in my early 20s. So it was coffee meetings with sort of friends and family and picking up small checks, right? Like 5, 10K at a time and building the fund that way. So, you know, like I said, we started sort of slow and steady. And then over time, it became a bit easier as we had some track record. And then that gave us credibility to talk to some more sophisticated, more higher net worth investors and started to scale it. But uh, yeah, definitely that private equity experience helped me understand the fundamental structures that could be used. Great. And so now you're, you're about what, 12, 13 years in to merchant growth. And then suddenly this habit kind of thing came about. So what did you kind of learn as you were going through those last you know, 12 years, really focusing on merchant growth and kind of what made you excited about, about what we're doing now? I think that you need to be constantly thinking about how to disrupt yourself and how to you know evolve with uh, how things are changing i mean at the end of the day in our business customer acquisition is such a big part of strategy and i mean that's true i'd say for a lot of businesses but there's been a huge shift in terms of how do you find a small business where they how do you meet them where they are and You've had a huge evolution in terms of the platforms, payment solutions, and Shopify and Square, and and then these platforms getting into the game of offering credit as part of their platform offering. And so, you know, I was kind of seeing how the space was evolving and where small businesses were finding these credit options. It occurred to me that at point of sale, when they're buying something, is pretty much as good as it can get, and that's something that we could really achieve on building a really slick solution that integrates with a whole bunch of sellers. You know, that's really finding the customer where they are. And it's really on mission for us. Merchant Growth's mission is bringing the most convenient and accessible financing experience to Canadian businesses. And I can't think of a better way to do that than making financing available right when they need it most. Yeah. I think, you know, what's really interesting is that, you know, our slogan, I guess, is, you know, bringing the B2C to B2B when it comes to Tabit. And I thought that was an us thing, right? We're in the fintech space. and everything. But I was recently at a conference, which was really focused on sort of the blue collar industries, you know, that have an e-commerce platform. And I was shocked to see how many companies are really focusing on that. They're really trying to bring that B2C experience to their B2B platform. And so it just, it's something that crosses all industries. It's not just a fintech thing. And I think that with the growing evolution of younger buyers coming into the space, it's just going to become more and more relevant. And everybody seems to starting to get that. I mean, we're still, I think the B2B space, like everyone was saying there is sort of five to 10 years behind the B2C, but the potential for the growth in the B2B space is just, it's astronomical. Yeah. hundred percent. I think uh, all of us are being totally accustomed to convenient digital experiences and I think that's, you know, even transcending into older generations at this point. 
and it's accelerating and businesses are run by people and those people running those businesses and working in those various functions want to leverage similar levels of convenience, similar types of tools. So absolutely. I think it's like a huge tidal wave that's just gaining momentum and, and it's going to totally transform B2B transactions. Obviously, that's why we're building Tabit. A hundred percent agree. And I think although this cross paths around all industries, we want to focus on a little bit in the fintech space because we're biased and we are in the fintech space. But what do you think has got you the most excited about the fintech space? I can give you, I guess, my number one thing and then sort of I'll let you run with it afterwards. The open banking concept is really going to change the game. There's a few companies already doing it and regulation starting to come up. But open banking will really allow companies like us to have the access to information that we need so that we can provide even more convenience to the client. No longer are the days where people have to send manual reports and fax things and email every separate document. The more this open banking concept grows, the better it's going to be, I think, for both the people offering the solution, but also the ones receiving it, the buyers themselves. So that's for me. What about you? What, do you, what, what are you excited about in the fintech space? Yeah, what gets me excited about when it comes to fintech is the impact that it can make to the customer, right? All, it's all about being obsessed with the customer. And what we're doing is dialing back stress, right? We're really, by taking away friction, you're really improving lives and you're letting people focus on what they want to focus on in their lives and in their businesses. So that's a huge, huge value creator in my view. And then looking at from a business fundamentals perspective, it's just the ability to automate processes and use data science to build really great credit models. These are amazing scalability drivers, right? So from a business fundamental standpoint, you can have really attractive sort of growth and you know expansion and margin return on capital over time as you sort of achieve scale by leveraging those tools. So great business fundamentals and huge impact to the customer. That uh, really makes me excited about fintech. Sweet. And until next time, thank you for listening to Fintrepreneur.